and welcome to the nightcap. Ask us anything se- seven? Seven? Is that right? I think. Uh, I think so, yeah. Something. I'll go Whatever. With that. Uh, <laughs> middle of March. Um, yeah, still still feeling. I feel a bit more optimistic now. Like every day's a little bit warmer, every day's a bit brighter. People are starting to make plans. Uh, has your diary started filling up yet with any people going, oh, do you want to meet up on the 29th of June or something? Or Yeah, it has a bit actually, yeah. And <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying to not make it too busy. I don't want to go from one extreme to the other as much as I'm yeah, eager that's, to get out. It's a good point because I, we were chatting the other day and we were saying like, I can't imagine saying, because I used to say all the time, oh, I, can't, I just want a weekend in, just a chilled <laughs> weekend in. <laughs> I can't. I used to say that quite a lot because it always felt like life was so manic. And now I can't imagine ever saying that again. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. You're right. This yeah. time next year, it, it'll be that. It'll be like, oh, do you remember lockdown when we just had loads of peacefulness <laughs> and just time to ourselves with our thoughts? You know. <laughs> Although, I remember me and you saying this last summer. This will never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will. We'll be like, yeah. it'll be like rose tinted glasses, won't it? Be like, oh, it's so nice. Exactly. We've got quality time with family and <laughs> yeah not for long uh thanks for joining us on ask us anything we've had loads of questions loads of stories loads of cowboy stories got some of them coming up and some other correspondence um are re serial which i was very pleased to receive based on my serial uh stories oh, from country close yeah. the other day which is nice uh but we'll kick off with this question this is from and i don't know how to pronounce this at all s s risk i don't I, can you pluck even a name? I, I don't know what that is. It's not a name. Smonas I'm not. I'm not, being like, I'm not like being racist or anything. This isn't a name. Yeah. It's just gobble, gobbledygook. I think so. Yeah. I can see the one Mona in the middle. So I'm just going to call this person Mona. Yeah, let's go for yeah. Mona. Great. S Mona. Yeah, S Mona. Who are the most exciting up-and-coming chefs in the UK under 30? So they're essentially asking you to create your own 30 under 30 here, Paul. Any, uh... 30. Oh, I couldn't go for 30 of them. <laughs> We've got all day. Come on. Uh, no, go on. That's a good question. Any any people names? It is a good question. And it's one of those things that, like, you, you know, in 10 years' time, there'll be some of the big names out there will be people that you would never have predicted. Good point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, it's like the same with football. Like, you look at like, the World Cup, some of the players that got in there were never even the running like two years before. Never, names never mentioned anything. The people yeah, just true. come through in different ways. Um, so the question yeah, is some... then, who is the Phil Foden of now in the show? Oh, who is world? the <laughs> Early 20s, like breaking onto the scene? Um, perhaps more mid mid to late 20s. There's a couple of names that spring to mind. Go on. I'd have to put a lot of research into really sort of... You know, really do it because there'll be there'll be a good number out there, and I think a lot of people would be able to tell us as well or remind me of people. But there's a couple of names that uh, spring to mind. So Tom Booton, um, he's at Dorchester Grill, uh-huh. uh, quite a young head chef. Um, I think he's mid mid twenties now. He's uh, yeah, nice guy. Awesome. Uh, Have you met him before? Yeah, he's been up to a restaurant here a couple of times, and I Lovely. went down there. Just before it was last March, actually, just before lockdown, I went mm-hmm. down there to eat. It's yeah, great restaurant. Food's incredible. Um, I was very surprised he wasn't um, included in the Michelin Guide, to be honest. But yeah, um, good one, good name. Yeah, just uh, just really, yeah, really, really good, really good food. Right, fits the um, fits the setting, the ethos of the Dorchester and the the grill, and it's it just yeah, lovely food, beautifully executed. Got a good team, um, nice. and then. 
the next one, a guy called Neil Stein. He's a local lad, actually. He's, uh, I think he's from, I might have it wrong, like Noel Hockley kind of, Solihull kind of way around here. Yeah, got His yeah. parents still live there, but he's, uh, I might have his position wrong, but he's either senior sewer or head chef now at Royal Hospital Road, oh. early 20s. Um, wow, yeah, that's, was, that is a big job to have at that age, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he's directly under Matt Abbe. Um, and he's he used to work there before, and then he went to French Laundry, uh, did a, a year and a half, I think, out there. Mm. And then I think I think he went to Maymo last year, so in uh, Norway, three star. But obviously wow. with the lockdown, I don't think he, he was going to do a year. I don't think he could do it. But he's gone back to Hospital Road now. I think that was always his plan. But yeah. Yeah, I think if he's senior Sue, I think the plan is potentially that he will be the head chef, or it's kind of written in the stars for him. But you know, I'm guessing. I don't know. He's got. He's a bit like Tom Bouton. He's got a very young face, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing mid twenties. I'm not sure, but yeah, nice. to hold a senior position like that and so yeah. highly thought of of, of Matt Abbe. So um, nice. yeah, that's two names I can think of off my head, but ones to watch out for. Yeah, definitely. It's always exciting, like you say, with football. It's like you feel like you discovered them if you know, hear, hear about them early days, and then when they make it big, you can't help but go, "Oh yeah, I ate, I ate at his when you know he was, <laughs> he was just twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice one. Any other suggestions for names? I'm sure there's loads out there. Like Paul said, please do message us. Uh, it's a great yeah. question. That and there's going to be people I've missed, or I'll keep myself. Yeah. Oh shit. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mention just... her or him. Or it's or, always yeah. safety in numbers, mate. There's too many names to mention, so collectively, <laughs> yeah. no one can get offended. If there was only one yeah. other head chef out there who's 25 they'd be offended yeah if just well what one. i'll do if somebody gets offended that i didn't i'll say ah yeah we had a technical error to edit that yeah. out but we did say your name time yeah. constraints yeah <laughs> exactly okay next one is from k abrington uh a brighton k- cab brighton oh, i don't know what pro- why do people just put your name just put your <laughs> name uh, what process <laughs> do you use for developing a dish is it a collaboration or do you do it all on your own um, we've we've talked about this a little bit in the past about sort of like have, yeah. um, dish designs, but like for for clarification, like from what I remember last time, you were saying like it's different every time, and and it's sort of like you learn from past dishes, and they sort of evolve through time a bit, don't they? But do you, do you yeah. often create something almost from complete scratch? Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost something you've never done before. You just go bang, I'm going to do something completely different. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some sometimes, sometimes. I mean, it's as a chef, it's. It's very, very, very rare that you reinvent the wheel. Yeah, um, of course. There's probably only, you know, like your Ferran and Alberadria, your Hestons, that really do that. Like, um, like I'd have brand new ideas or dishes that have never been done before, but I'm not reinventing something. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're younger, you're always looking for that, which is a bit misguided as a younger yeah. head chef. Now I'm not looking to oh it's got to be new it's got to have never been done before i'm not looking for that essentially it's got to be it's got to be interesting exciting and fresh and tasty and amazing and um all of those things but it doesn't have to be completely brand new like wow i've never heard of this technique or anything before i suppose it's easy to go down that rabbit hole because you feel like if i'm going to make a name for myself i've got to do something i've got like Mm. stamp my authority on this dish or this thing you know or, or like you say reinvent it so that it's but you're, but you're right, it's not necessarily all about that. Yeah, and you just end up um, doing things new or you can see it in chef's food. Doing thing, Trying to do things new or be overly creative for the sake of it and it, it kind of something gets missed, which is the quality of the food sometimes. So mm-hmm. you know, it's genuinely as you know, simple and as corny as it sounds. It's just about 
great tasty food and really trying to make it um so like like the the one sort of thing we we try to have in mind is it's either something that they couldn't or wouldn't do at home as a customer to make yeah. it really worth coming mm-hmm. out and getting dressed up and spending money for and looking forward to so you're Absolutely. not like you know it's like you could go to a great steakhouse and you know I'd spend plenty of money and have a really good time um wouldn't want to cook like that because I I know that's easier to achieve at home. Got you. If that makes sense. If you yeah, can get yeah, amazing meat and you know understand understand how to cook it. Um so like good food is we've got to be trying to do something different or something that's a bit more like they wouldn't go to the effort of for something that's so amazing. Yeah. But in essence, like really there is no there is no process for me. Some chefs have a have a process to stick to and it's what works for you. Like some will start like Sat will start with a doodle and an idea in his head and he's drawing it really? out. Really? Like literally a pen and paper? Yeah, and he's not you know, he's not looking he's not looking at like it has to look like this. I think it's how he transfers it from his head. Mm. to start the process um he's thinking about flavor and texture when he writes that down and then it builds it then he can visualize it and then they can create a dish from it i'm not very good at drawing so i've always struggled (laughs) with that so i try it (laughs) and it just looks like (laughs) the kids done it is that abstract thing on there um i'll tell you what okay it's like evolution of this question then is you know like when people ask songwriters where do you start like do you start with the melody do you start with the lyrics first like a poem and then do the music Mm. When it comes to dish creations, is it always the same way around for you where you like you start with a protein and then build stuff around it? Or- no, it's no, it's always about the ingredient, not the protein per se, because some dishes aren't protein based. No, sure. Um, but, so like yeah, is there always yeah. you start from the central like the focus of the dish, like the big ingredient, and then would you like sometimes come up with an unbelievable sauce and think, right, what can go with that? Or I don't know. Yeah, again, there's no no real process. Generally more it's about that main element if it's like right it's asparagus is coming in and we'll start working with that you might just come up with an idea um of like you say like a dressing or a sauce and then it's like oh that would work really well with that and then with this and then boom 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 and then it's it's just a different way of working and i i find that much less restrictive to not have a process yeah Um, you're right because it limits you maybe or you you get boxed in don't you mentally yeah no just let it come naturally generally and get, get people involved on it get people's feedback with it get people to come up and bring dishes to me like some of the team so yeah no strict process for, for me it just doesn't work to have one one process but other chefs obviously obviously it does and i think it's what works for you yeah nice good answer mate okay number three from josh can i get hold of your new book slash new books in australia have you applied this question <laughs> i should have yeah <laughs> i'm not savvy enough um yes can we have sent some to australia actually oh, yeah. and america and yeah quite a few random countries as well nice. you haven't got any um, left have you though like you said last week no we've got of the the salt book there's about 50 in total 20 odd here 20 odd with the publisher which nice. i think they're selling through wellux at the moment i think uh-huh. they, i know they've got some um so the answer is yes but very expensive um packaging Shipping, posted yeah. to australia because we actually had an email or message today. Jack told me about somebody. Um, somebody asked if we could put the book on French Amazon. Really? Wow. So, I know, so Very you specific could, request. <laughs> yeah, you could order the book in um, in here and get it sent over. But I think they want it in French Amazon so it can 
they can get it on their prime probably or something yeah of course yeah, yeah. that means they need the stock because uh, it's quite a big book and it's going um around the world it does cost quite a bit it costs sort of six to eight pound posting package in the uk yeah yeah that's mm. a lot as, as it stands do they publish books I know they do publish books in different languages, but like, would you, did you ever consider that, like publishing in different languages so people can? Um, I don't think I have enough demand to, right. to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, but if you reach a threshold, I one. guess some people do. Yeah, because you need to be to make it cost-effective publishing-wise. You need to do a thousand at least in that one language. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so wow. no, I just don't, I don't think I have that demand. So some like some Scandinavian chefs' books are translated to English because there's the demand here in America. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is available in Australia, just very expensive to ship, that's all. But yep. well, international bookseller, you can put that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, next one is from, and I'm guessing you might know this person, but their handle is at Chef ben- Benjamin Cumberpatch, who says, um, do you know all the members of S Club 7? What, personally? <laughs> yeah, well, clearly is what they want to know. Where's that come from, Paul? Do you name. know this person? And do I you... Don't... It doesn't ring a bell, the name. I can name two. Rachel Stevens, for Rachel obvious Stevens. reasons. Yeah, sweet. Because my LAX. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obvious reasons, I remember her. Yeah. Um, and then there was Joe something. She was on Big Brother. There was the whole controversy oh, around that yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. Jade Goody. Uh-huh. I won't go into that because I don't know the exact ins no, and sure. outs. Yeah, that's but fair. there was a controversy. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, so can barely name them, don't know any of them. Yeah, name seven of them, no chance. So no chance, mate. Their songs. I'll Google it while you answer my next question, which is actually going to be, I don't know, maybe about salt, because obviously like Stratford's not like London or whatever, and I imagine if you're a high-end restaurant in London, just the odds are higher. But mm. do you do you get many famous people in who fancy, you know, a lot of famous people have a bit more money in their pocket and they might just casually go to a Michelin star restaurant. And like when you, is it hard for like, you know, some of the front of house staff or so the kitchen to not go a bit like, Oh my God, over there. Over there. Does that happen much? Um, yeah, we've had a few, um, obviously having a theater around here, you occasionally get actors like television, UK television actors yep. and actresses. Um, so I remember we had Les Dennis for Sunday lunch once. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Trevor Francis came. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we had one of our regulars, a guy called um, Mike. He's a big blues fan. Right. And I could just see him looking at him. Oh. And I was like, you know, that is. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I was going to ask you. <laughs> he was well excited. Oh, I said, bless. yeah, I made sure you were next to him because I knew you're a blues fan. Oh, that's clever. Um, that's nice, mate. Nice touch, that. And who else we had? Um, we've had some EastEnders actors. Tanya was here. Don't know her real name. <laughs> she filmed something in Stratford, some um, okay. detective I... thing. And oh, then... yeah, the Shakespeare thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, what was that called? I remember that. I remember my family. Like it was. It's not. I mean, if I'm honest, it's not great. But it was just the fact that all the locations were Stratford. It was just quite funny to yeah. watch. Yeah, she's really nice. She came back with her husband because she enjoyed it. So oh, much, that's like. cute. Um, yeah. So like all around that. Colour, but a few more that I can't remember, and then we have had a like super A lister as well. We had uh, Kira Knightley come. Oh, ri- uh, that rings a bell. You might have mentioned this before. That's amazing. Yeah. And oh, she's her partner's she's really from nice. Stratford, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. So some some regulars of ours are friends with them, and they just came in for Sunday lunch once. But it was mad because um, you know I you know anything like that, I'll make sure the staff don't make a deal of them because yeah. 
you know, people come out to enjoy themselves. They don't want to be fussed over. So mm -hmm. I'd be like massively disappointed if my um, staff were trying to get selfies with them. Oh, God, can you you know, will you go and take their bread? Or you you pop your head around the corner and they're there with their arms around their neck, like, wee. Yeah. Selfie. And, you know, those sort of things happen, but it's like when you, if you've got a sort of relationship, if it's appropriate, or you do it, I don't know, in the kitchen or something, if it's agreed, you've just got to know you got to judge it right yeah, yeah. but um no, she was she was lovely so unassuming uh the restaurant was full and not one customer noticed she was there really that's interesting yeah. she's one of those people i think and i don't know why i think this but she's one of those people that i feel if she's not in like full-blown movie style makeup and you know like an atonement dress <laughs> that she could blend in do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't yeah. know why, but she's just one of those people, I think. No, yeah, you're right, because cause, cause she did. And, you know, she's no song or dance about who she is or anything. Of course, it was, yeah. Was, yeah. No, I, went out, I went over to speak to her because I know the couple yeah. and just introduced myself, and she introduced herself. She's hi, I'm Kira. You know, it wasn't like a, you should yeah. know me or assume that I know who she was. She was yeah. you know, she's she's hi, just I'm Kira Knightley. Like, well, yeah. you didn't have to say your full name. That's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or just... I shouldn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, none of that. She was just oh, dead cool. nice. Love it. Dead cash. Yeah. Nice one. Okay. Next one here is from Pastry Dave, uh, who says, can you both tell us an unpopular opinion you have? Go on. You go go first. Uh, I, I'm kicking myself a bit because I feel like I should have ran this past someone because this sounds really controversial. Off the oh, bat. God. I can't wait for this. This, is, this might get edited out. So, <laughs> I'm going to put this mildly before I go for it, but... Yeah. Was Mother Teresa great? Hey? Was Mother Teresa great, or was she a bit of a twat? <laughs> okay, go on then. <laughs> I'm, I'm nestling in for this one. I know, it's that, it sounds mental. Wow. But I know, okay. I know. But I think she's actually a bit of a bastard. <laughs> This is so unpopular. Okay. So. I'm not judging. I'm letting you go with this. Yeah, okay. Hear me out. Now, I don't think this has necessarily got much to do with the, whether you believe in a god or not. But Mother mm -hmm. Teresa was obviously famous for being extremely caring and um, homing people with severe illnesses, cancers and things, and looking after them in a home. But she, in she, was, act she was actively saying that being holy will help try and heal them and look after them and was also actively mm -hmm. dissuading people to not seek medical attention because oh, of really? her beliefs. So, I mean, if you believed, if you are Catholic like she is and believe to the extent with which medicine can't help, then you must love Mother Teresa. But on paper, she was literally saying, don't go to hospital because... She was going against the advice of actual experts. Of science, yeah. Oh, she was absolute anti-science. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, but it's it's almost you get um, so if people if you literally went to a randomer on the street and went who's the most caring, peaceful person who's ever so they might say Mother Teresa and I think actually do you know that's actually really really far away from the truth, mate. I think we've got it a bit wrong. So I think she gets too much credit. Yeah, I think she's a bit of a twat. Okay. <laughs> It just sounds mental. I love it. Because um, regardless of yeah. whether people have ever actually researched it, you just can't. It just sounds so unpopular to say Mother Teresa will be a wanker, isn't she? Like what? It's Mother it Teresa. Yeah. Like she's just like she's this yeah. embodiment. And, but yeah, overrated. She is completely overrated. And and yeah, she um, actively seeked out trying to heal people through um, holy powers rather than medicine. But um, 
now you've said it, it feels almost ignorant of me <laughs> that yeah. I actually know nothing about her. I've just assumed because I've been told that she's a great person. I, and I, I don't know that, whether she is or whether she isn't. Yeah. I don't know. If you uh, just said, what did she see was so good? I'm like, well, she was a caring nun. Well, this is the thing. Like, It's an unpopular opinion. Like, She is, she is clearly a caring person because her hmm. intentions are really nice. She wants to help people and not everyone takes like homeless people and people with severe illnesses into their home like that is incredible yeah, but yeah. she was also she was also preaching a method of trying to heal people that in my opinion doesn't even exist is it's just wrong mm-hmm. like she should be not ushering that she should be trying to get them or aid or raise money for charity to get them scientific help yeah so it's misguided from that from my perspective that's why it's uh, it's an unpopular opinion that she's actually Wasting people's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just sounds mental to say it, doesn't it? It, it sounds mental it, to say it. It does. It does. I've um, got, I've got. just in case we do edit that out, I've got others that are really tame in comparison, but food related. Number one. Okay. And I, I, the reason I think this is unpopular is because I still feel like I see it everywhere, especially on TV shows. Gold Leaf. Yeah. It's the most vocal about this. Hate it. I hate it. It adds nothing. It. it looks cheap. The irony is, people. Oh, it looks sophisticated. No, it looks like a little bit of litter has just flown by and landed on top of your shitty whatever it is. Like it adds yeah. nothing. It's really expensive. It's you fiddly. Left the tin foil on, mate. Yeah, it's fiddly. It's messy. It just looks shit. And the novel, it never I, looks good. And it tastes of nothing. So it's, it's, I think it's tacky. Oh, it's awful yeah. and I hate it. It's and it, is, I feel like it's unpopular because you see it everywhere still. Yeah. It, what piss me off about it is every every fucking year this will happen say on pancakes day or they might do it you know with other foods but there'll be like some fucking marketing fucking guys brainstormed and gone let's get a chef and let's create the most expensive pizza ever right yeah. and they'll, that'll be the title yeah. chef creates the most expensive pizza <laughs> in the world all they've done is put fuck loads of gold leaf on it <laughs> They haven't actually done much. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 loads of white truffle, t- t- yeah. loads of gold leaf, bang. Yeah. And then that Salt Bay, that fucking knob, he does a burger. He does a burger <laughs> covered knob. in it or some meat covered in it. Yeah. Doesn't he? <laughs> uh, and these the people are out in Dubai, they're loving it. There's this meat covered in gold. It looks terrible. Yeah. All it is is like, you're not adding value, you're adding cost. You're yeah. adding expense to justify and, the high price you're charging. And that's the thing. It, it, and it almost, to me, if people enjoy it more because of the gold leaf, it's almost the, the most superficial way of saying you enjoy something. Exactly. It, you're right. It's adding cost for the sake of it because you're not adding flavour. You're not adding any no. flavour. You're not adding any texture, really. It's, it's no. just there. So it's just cost. And if you enjoy it, it's because you want people to see you with gold leaf on your plate. Like, I, I literally cannot justify it. I just, I hate it. But yeah. I think, it's, I think it's unpopular. The overuse of it is, yeah. and you'll see it on Instagram, there'll be like loads of it. Overuse of it just shows deep-rooted insecurity in your food and... Yeah that you know you know there's something new with it you have to cover it in gold leaf to try and justify your price point yeah ah i've just i bet now i'll google it after but i bet you can google image thousands of dishes of like thousands of dishes where gold leaf shouldn't be like a bacon sandwich and so do you know what i mean i bet there is loads out there of people doing it yeah probably using wanky bacon (laughs) but cost a fortune because it's gold leaf yeah Yeah, amazing i'm with you what are your 
opinions after yours mine are pretty dull no 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 mate i that is um, this that may well get edited out we'll, we'll chat after but. not not food related at all i i think the o- most overrated film in the world ever oh, is ooh. napoleon napoleon dynamite oh interesting don't get so it my, at all i've only watched it once it was ages ago and i i didn't really care like i left no impression so on me is it overrated? Got this cool status, didn't is it? it because of the dance? Is that it? Without just that dance, this whole thing's just shit. It's not funny. <laughs> it's really dull. It's, it's terrible acting. Funny. Yeah. So what I don't get what's to like. And then the most overrated TV program, God. which is funny because I really love the main guy out of this. I, mm. I love Noel Fielding. I think he's hilarious. Mighty Boosh, terrible. Oh, so unfunny. That is an unpopular opinion. I'm not a Mighty yeah. Boosh fan, but I know loads of people who are, and it feels like the those that are really love it as well. Yeah. You know I mean? And everyone I know that's loved it. I thought, okay, well, just explain to me how it's funny. You can't. Yeah, yeah it's tough. It's it's way too. Uh, way too irrelevant the jokes it's just there's no there's no jokes sometimes though is and there? I've not got a simple mind for comedy yeah. I do like some complexity there's no complexity to it there's no layers to it it's not like Ricky Gervais's intellectual humour yeah, it's yeah. just random but too, so far removed from anything I the the because uh, you're right, I really like Noel Fielding as well. He comes across great on Bake Off. Like he's a really lovely guy, and he's great on Never Mind the Buzzcocks, wasn't he? He's really yeah. Good I think what he's good at is a bit like Sean Locke. Like Sean yeah. Locke, I don't like his stand up, but on a panel, just like yeah, yeah, banging out jokes and just re- reacting off other yeah. people. Brilliant. Yeah, with you. Yeah, I I've th- always thought over the years with Mighty Boosh, it it's fans more aligned to liking a band. Yeah. Because it's like the image and the, the the cult status and the do you know what I mean? It's almost it. It almost feels like when people are like a Boosh fans, it feels like they're following a band, not a, not a sketch mm. show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're right because yeah, got. I think you're right. And there's no like one jet like oh, do you, you know that classic bit in Mighty Boosh when. I don't. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Just what a that... whole lot don't make sense either. <laughs> uh, when I moved over to Nottingham, I lived with this guy for a couple couple of months it was before he moved in with john and and i told him how i didn't like it and we were having a conversation and he loved it and he constantly put the dvds on just like trying to convince me it's like you are not you need to stop you need to, you're not going to win me over if anything you're just annoying me now oh wow <laughs> that is good that's a great answer that is a really good answer i like that again great question pastry dave yeah nailed it okay next one's from wild and dine got on again Good questions from these guys. Uh, again, I think this is something yeah. we've sort of touched on in the past, but good to revisit. So, have you ever killed anything and eaten it yourself, fish not included? And if not, yeah. do you want to come shooting with us? Uh, Open invite. Yeah. No, I, th- I think we should. Mm. I think we should, yeah. I know who this guy is. Um, I don't know if I could say... Yeah, fuck it. Um, <laughs> so, this guy, right? Yeah. He- he's funny. You must remember <laughs> um, a few... A few months ago, it was on BBC News. They were um, interviewing a chef in a restaurant. Yeah. And he had a picture up behind him of loads of birds. Yeah. And it had British tips. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Boris was and there. And Boris was on it. Yeah, yeah. That's this guy. No way. That's this that guy. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Fair like, play to him. We were speaking on social media and it just clicked with me. And I was like, you're that guy, isn't you? He was like, yeah, I was like, ledge. Fucking love it. <laughs> it was just a way BBC News didn't pick up on it. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the genius of it, isn't it? Because he thought, right, I'll put it up. But if BBC noticed, I'll obviously have to put it away to do the interview. But the fact they didn't notice and they aired it, it was just class. I know. Absolute love it. class. Well done. Love it. 
Well done, um, Wild and Dine. You, you get so yeah, a free well, question for life on this podcast for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wild and Dine is his new concept that's coming up soon. Amazing. Actually, it looks okay. quite cool. But um, short answer, no, I never have, unless it's like crab, lobster, langoustine, those sort of yeah. things. I, ne- I never have, and um, no, I want to. And yeah, I'd love to go shooting with him. We should go, Si. Yeah, mate, I'd be well up for it. And uh, like, I'm not going to lie, I don't have like an, a burning desire to kill something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, oh no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I, I feel like as a meat eater, uh, and we've definitely covered this before, I still feel a little bit guilty that I've never killed anything, and I eat it almost every day. Yeah. So I feel like I would want to put myself like it's like stepping out of your comfort zone, but I feel like I'd want to give it a go and see how I felt. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, I you know I did that pheasant thing the other, and I, I know I didn't kill it, but the fact I plucked it and like I had more respect for it, but I still wanted to eat it. Mm. So I'm hoping that I'd be able to shoot it and feel you get good in- about it closer to it and yeah, it's like closer. me yeah. i've done every stage of it you know fingers up their ass pulling the guts out the lot yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly i <laughs> uh, plucked them all so the only bit i haven't done is is that and no it's, it's something i feel like i should i don't know exactly why yeah, i know what you mean i feel like i feel like i should and i don't have any concerns about going and doing it i might mm. feel different when i'm there who knows but yeah, i don't yeah. think i will okay well we will take you up on the invite when we are allowed to for sure yep Okay, next one. This is fun. Uh, Night with a chef. Again, great questions from them. Snog, marry, avoid. Yeah. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay, Gino, Fred. Obviously, the the three main guys from that show they do. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I've had a little think about this. um, Go on, then. I can give you an answer as to why. Okay. Um, Snog, Fred. Yeah. Straight in there. Right. Why? Because I think he'd be gentle. I think he'd be gentle with me. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, Fred, I think he'd be gentle. Uh I think... French as well. I would be feeling very... a French man. Come on. I think because I'm straight, I'd be feeling anxious. So he's he's very soothing. He'd put me at ease. (laughs) Yeah. He'd put his hand on my... On the side of my face and make me feel at ease. (laughs) Yeah, 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 nice. Yeah. Okay, good answer. (laughs) Uh, So avoid... Gino Gino avoid because he's just a bit annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Um, and then just by process of elimination, then you're left with Gordon Ramsay and Mary. And I do, I like and admire Gordon. So I'd get to hang out with him if I married him and that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah nice. Cook together and go on windy walks. Yeah, nice. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> and actually, that was exactly mine. I had, was it? Yeah, I had For kiss, what reasons? Almost the same. We kiss Fred. And also, like, straight up, I do think if I'm just kissing someone, I think Fred is the best looking of the three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go I'd with that. Say. Yeah. yeah. Then... Gino, less because maybe it's the same with the annoyance, but the main thing I, from what I've seen, and maybe it's just on TV, I literally have no idea, but this is all we're basing it on, isn't it? About seeing them on yeah. TV because I've never met any of them. But Gino just feels a bit hyper sometimes. I just, that would exhaust me. I, yeah. I'd be like, oh, for, just chill out, yeah, sit down. You're, you're draining like, my energy as well, mate. Exactly. And Gordon Ramsay, like, even though in the shows he's shouting it, like, obviously, in, I reckon in his personal life, I, I think he's the opposite. I think he's quiet, I think he's chilled. Mm. I reckon. I reckon in his downtime, I reckon he'd be. Re- so I, re- I reckon he'd be the easiest to live with. Yeah. 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 Maybe so. Yeah. Right. We're on the yeah. same page, mate. We definitely are. Okay. Another one here from uh, Gandhi. So yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> and he, he, he messaged. He messaged saying he'll know who it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ga- his name's Craig. Craig. Yeah. We call him Gandhi. <laughs> college Craig used Gandhi? to look like. Oh. No, college oh. he used to look like Mahatma Gandhi. Seriously. Yeah, oh. he had. He just had little round glasses, and his yeah. head was shaved, and he had a little little bald head, and that. He was just, Is he from just, India or? No, 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 no. no. He's from the neat, from the neat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nuneaton's he, he answer to Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, he's, he's got, <laughs> you know, he's a white lad. He's got no sort of resemblance other than he just he just genuinely looked like him. Like so at Gandhi. college, even the lecturers, we started calling him Gandhi. Hey, that is just my favourite thing. Yeah, I think it was more the little round glasses than anything. And yeah, that, the, that makes the sense. The shaved head. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. his flip-flops. Uh, and, and he just walked, walked around like giving out wisdomous quotes. Um, no, this one didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Craig. He, he, um, said... and he was actually um, in my, I can't remember what you call it now, um, one of my ushers at my wedding as well. Oh, was he? Oh, I did yeah. not know that. Wow, Gandhi, yeah, a usher was. at a wedding, amazing. Um, <laughs> if, he says, if you could have one of your ideas turned into a commercial product on a supermarket shelf, what would you choose? That is a good, good question. Yeah, and I know why he's asked this. Oh, really? He did this. He did this to one of mine, my recipes, and bastardized it. Fuck off! Did he actually? <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, I won't say what company he works for. Okay. Um, but he does development, right. and he took a recipe of mine. These beer pickled onions that I've done. Yeah. Um, he tried them, did it for his bosses, and they really liked them. Yeah. And then they um. Like any sort of big uh, production like that, it's you start with sort of a recipe, and it's like okay, we need to cut costs, um, we need to make it uh, scalable. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, okay, well, let's take out the muscovado sugar and use caster sugar. Let's take out the honey and put more caster sugar. Let's reduce the amount of beer in it. Or let's not use that good vinegar. Let's use just Shit malt vinegar. vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, take the thyme out. Take the juniper out. Take the pine out. <laughs> So, so what they're left wait, with? Just sugar and vinegar. <laughs> sugar vinegar with a splash of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me about it, and I was wow. like, "You bastard! I want some. I want some uh, commission. I want some well, money." You that did, but now you don't because it's not even close yeah. to yours, is it now? And then when I was uh, working at Mallory, he came down to eat, and he um, he bought me it to try, and I went, "That's disgusting." <laughs> I'm not putting my name to that. That is <laughs> I had no option to. But yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm gonna ask you straight away after what product it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have these conversations with Brett, who runs cookery school here a lot, because he was in product development. It's yeah, quite interesting. Before he joined you, wasn't he? Yeah, it's quite interesting to see see how it works and you know, like what you know, the amount of factors that have to go into it, you know, shelf life cost and travel and packaging all that yeah, that affect the recipe then you yeah. you can have a great recipe scale it up and it just doesn't work for whatever reason especially with desserts because yeah. he um he used to do a lot of brett used to do a lot of development for marks and spencers and got a lot of their desserts on the shelves and that so you know, the amount of depth they used to go into with their processes of you know yeah. like going back to that question earlier process for developing a dish you know, the processes for them is massive. And yeah. I, I personally would never be able to do it. I'd really struggle in that world where... Compromise is too much, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got all these executives coming in who haven't got a clue about food for me and then telling you how they want it and then to take this out or, you know, shave one gram of that and that's going to save you thousands, you know, or change the fat. Oh, you've used butter, it's too expensive, let's use yeah. veg oil. And then, yeah, I just, I just don't like being controlled like that. So I'd yeah, really fair. struggle in that corporate world. Yeah, I get that, mate, completely. Mm. Have you had any other ideas over the years yourself of, oh, this would be a great product if I could do this? Um, not really. I don't tend to think that way, really, of mass mass production and stuff. No. Mm. No, there's nothing I could pinpoint now and think I'd like that in the supermarket or something. I mean, like, people love my brownie recipe. 
Um, but I know if you tried to put it in a supermarket, it would end up bastardized. Yeah, it because be. it just doesn't Storage. work. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't work for that kind of, um, you know, product. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, actually, I've got a sort of answer to this. And this, oh, this it, this is sad to say, but it was 11 <coughs> years ago. This was 11 mm. years ago, right? Me, it was one of those classic, like, pub conversations with your mates. Yeah. We conjured this idea. But it went slightly beyond that, and only just... So we had this, again, 11 years ago. We were like, pot noodles. They are great, okay. and they know what they are, right? They're, they're not pretending to be nutritious. They're not, you know, they're, they're like a naughty, snacky sort of light meal. Yeah. And that's great, and that's where they are. But then there was no, like, there was nothing in the supermarkets 11 years ago in the fresh, like, near the sandwiches, say, where people would mm. go in at 1 o'clock on a weekday to grab their sandwiches or soup for lunch. Yeah, where you could add hot water to something that was nice and nutritious. So we had this idea of like instant noodles, but it came with fresh spice mix, fresh vegetables uh -huh. in it. But you'd still have to add hot water to hydrate the noodles. Yeah, oh, and okay. there is sort of stuff like that now. And we were yeah. we were so excited. We were like, there is nothing, and we it to the point where the next day a book was bought about business, never got opened. <laughs> and and we went to the supermarket to a big big supermarket to look around it and there was nothing like this no. at the time. And now there is sort of stuff like it. But we even mm. and our name was going to be called Canoodle. Canoodle. So have have a canoodle. <laughs> yeah. No. Nice. That was and but for, and for a day we were like we're going to be multimillionaires. This is fucking <laughs> And then two two days later just for for no reason at all just never thought about it again. But that yeah, for a moment we were like this is it. That's it. Because especially at that time, the concept's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, what could have been? Doing a podcast instead now. Um, right. <laughs> We've got a few, a couple of cowboy stories to get to now, which is good. First one is short and sweet, but I think we still need to lay all of these to bed. Find out who is yeah. staying in cowboy town and who's just passing through. Um, this is from at Connor Binney, who says, yeah. it's not me, but a chef I work with used to use the bottom of a burger bun as a pizza for kids at home. <laughs> is this cowboy, was his question. Paul, over to you. Yeah. Is that cowboy? I mean, so he, he did it at home. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that that's not as bad you're doing it at home. Is yeah, that's it? true. It's, if you're doing it at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's where, if you're doing it in industry and people are paying for it, that's when things are much more cowboy-esque. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. But this, it's, st it's still, it's just a bit lazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bruschetta. You've made a bruschetta, <laughs> a shit bruschetta, yeah. not yeah. pizza. It's not pizza it? at all, no. And it's, yeah. and I don't even know where you go with. Um, I mean, it's already a baked bun, so if you put it in the oven, what it's just going to bake it even further, and it's going to be really dry and hot. Like I don't even, I can't even. How do you? That that's what ours used to be at school, and they were fucking disgusting. Oh, was it? Is that what oh, they, they were? Awful. Kids oh, used to man. love them. It was basically like the the baguette that had already been baked the day before. It was always the day oh, before. Oh yeah, I can picture that. Cut in half, yeah. and then it was tomato puree. Which anyone using tomato puree is the base for pizza. What are you doing? Yeah, like, what? ridiculous. What are you doing? It's too strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they'd sprinkle some of that mixed dried herb on it, and then grated cheddar Ch cheese. Cheddar cheese, like, yeah. Awful. That is not pizza. Call it a pizza? No. No, no, not I ain't any of that. that. So I don't even know whether we could call that cowboy. It's just, it's just lazy. But I, will, what I will say is, especially if you're doing it for kids at home, kids aren't that fussy. I bet they're lapping that up. No, 
I but yeah, I'd say now. like, well, I text you and said cowboy, didn't I? I didn't realise it at home. At home, it's like whatever. I mean, I'd do that kind of thing for my kids at home. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't call it a pizza. I wouldn't tell them it's a pizza. Yeah, good point. Just don't call it a pizza. I'd tell them it's cheese and tomato on toast. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, with you there. But yeah, if they're doing it in industry, that is 100% cowboy. Yeah, People are okay. paying for it. Yeah, fine with you. Uh, yeah, I think paying public has got a big part of this with the cowboy yeah. methods. Okay, next one here is from Martin, who says the following. Not sure... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, here we go, yeah. From Martin. I was junior sous chef at a very well-known Edinburgh restaurant owned by a very well-known Edinburgh chef. <laughs> He's put another okay. bit here, which gives it even more away, so I'm not going to say that. Shouldn't okay. really need to say any more. But without saying a name, I was on sauce, getting absolutely hammered on a Friday lunch. Table of six, uh, all order the venison loin, cooked medium rare. It goes out. Two minutes later, they all come back wanting it cooked more. Chef on the pass loses his shit. Takes all of the venison onto another plate, wraps it in cling film, runs over to the pastry and throws it in the microwave. Oh. Mm. Uh, chef does his business, plates plates it up, and off it goes. And the customers did not complain. Clearly, yeah. now that so what, they ordered it well done. That's right. They wanted it well done. They wanted it well done. They cooked it sort of to, like not yeah. perfectly in Perfect, their opinion. Yeah. Sent it back, and they popped it in the microwave with cling film on. What do you reckon? Is that cowboy? I don't like people that order it well done. They don't get to moan. They don't get to count. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not something I practice here because I haven't got a microwave. Yeah, no, that's true. But, um, I, yeah, not too. It's already carved and sliced. Um, sorry, yeah, cooked and rested and carved and that. So if you're going to, like, it's sliced up. So if you're going to put it on in a pan, mm -hmm. you're going to get a similar result from putting it in the microwave. They're both going to be dry and horrible. But if, so if that's what the customer wants. Yeah, I, I mean, um, kind of it kind of it would be considered cowboy in the industry but i don't think people really care about these people they order it dry and they get it dry yeah i think i think you're right there i think the fact that they want this meat that's very expensive and lovely overcooked yeah how you get there after that it's up to you yeah if you especially to... it's like it had come back yeah so if it come back sent back obviously they're in a bit of a rush or whatever yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. I don't know. They could have, like I said, they could have like got a pan on, lay the slices all out in the pan. Yeah. But you're going to get a similarish result. Uh, you know, it's going to steam in a microwave and get more rubbery mm, and more true. well done. But but he's not giving a shit at that point, is he? Yeah. He's just thinking, well, they don't care. And, so and I, don't I don't judge care. him. We yeah. know who it is. I don't judge him. No, I don't judge him for that. I'd say it's not cowboy, but I, I think you can see the town from, you know, like in Westerns when they're on the horse and they're on like a ridge. <laughs> And yeah. they see the town in the distance. They just sort of chew the hay. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. That's all he's doing. Chew the hay with a smoking gun. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. I think we'll let that one slide. Yeah. Okay, cool. We've got some more stories here. The correspondence has been great. So please do keep it coming, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, this next one is from Rob, okay, who says, uh, here's my story. I made fish and chips for my gran and granddad a few years ago. I let the oil I fried the fish in cool down and poured it back into the oil bottle. That's quite commonplace, isn't it? Yeah, it's an easy way to, to store yeah. it to, before you get rid of it. Definitely. With the intention of disposing it responsibly. There you go. The following weekend, we had family over, as it was my birthday. My wife made me a surprise chocolate cake. The whole family tucked into the cake, and everyone raved about how good it was. 
asked the wife, what recipe did you use? She, sh- she said, it was an oil-based recipe. I asked, which oil did you use? Of course, she used the fish frying oil I'd left on the side in the oil bottle. Doesn't sound great, but it's even better knowing that my mum, auntie, and both my cousins are vegetarian. Ooh, this is good. <laughs> to this day, six years on, only me and my wife know the truth. Not now, mate. We just sat and let them eat it. Oh, wait, so they, Rob knew before they tucked in. That this cake was oil-based. <laughs> he knew and watched them eat it. You sadistic little... That's incredible. What do you make of that, mate? That is pretty rogue. That is, yeah. Again, you can't... I mean, it's like an accident that's happened. So it's an innocent mistake, but the fact he knew before they chowed down. Yeah. So not... I mean, it's a different sort of thing to cowboy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not uh, cowboy, obviously. But I mean, still... I have to say, morally, it's not right, but it is funny. <laughs> you can't not laugh. <laughs> Have you ever accidentally, like, through vegetarian preparation, either at a restaurant or at home, there's ever been, like, a like a component that you're going, oh, fuck, I forgot that that had me. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> Good. Good to know. <laughs> Face says everything. Have to go with new <laughs> on that okay. one. Who yes. thinks swiftly on? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, what have we got now? I think we've got one more. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is good. I like this. It's rogue. It's not cowboy, but it's in reference to our serial chat the other day. Um, and it's from Anthony, whose message saying, uh, got a serial story for you here. When I was younger, like maybe 10 or 11 years old, I used to fill a bowl with special K. I liked it a bit soggy, don't we all? But I didn't like to actually drink milk, right? So I'd leave it for a bit in the milk, not too long, then pass through a sieve... <laughs> pour it back into the milk jug and just eat the cereal. This went on until I got in trouble for doing that. Obviously by his parents, I guess. Never quite understood why I did it back then. What a bizarre... I've never heard of anything like that. What do you make of that one? I I think there's a few things we need to attack here, isn't there? So there's, um, there's the weirdness of like using the milk as a soaking tool and then getting rid of it just to eat the, so the special yeah. K. Yeah. But the effort, especially, what was he to say, 10-ish? Yeah, 10, 10 yeah. or 11 years the old. The effort yeah. to get that and the dexterity to get it back in the bottle. <laughs> like, I know. That is mental. But you're I like, like, they're thinking, I don't want to waste it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he's like, he feels guilty for doing what he's doing at 10. So he feels like, well, I'm not, I don't want to throw the milk away. I want to put it back. So yeah. I like that he cares, but it is weird. Yeah. He's a man after my own heart, because like I said last time we talked about cereal, there are some cereals that, in my opinion, are better when they're a little bit soggy. Like your yeah. Cheerios and your Special Ks. I think that you don't want them super, super crunchy. You just want them on the side of soggy. So I get his thinking there, but to not yeah. have it... For me, the best bit of the cereal is when you have the cereal, then you've got like a, a small, like, you know, 100 mil of milk left, and it's got the cereal flavour in yeah, it. Yeah, That is the best bit. Yeah, yeah, a shot of it at the end. Like, oh, that is amazing. I would drink that. I would just drink a bottle of cereal-infused milk. <laughs> I would honestly <laughs> love that. I, I used to do that at um, Tud, actually. We used Did to you? do a dish, like now and again, on a, a pre-desserts. Um, we'd just, like, get corn flakes, um, steep them in, like, milk, just heat it very gently. Yeah. Some sugar, so it infused it, tasted of milk. Oh, mate, add some, I would... Add some gelatin and then put it in, you know, the Issy Guns uh-huh. and then squirt it. So you get this really cold um, cornflake-flavoured moussey milk. Am- that's and then amazing. we used to caramelise cornflakes and put them on top. 
Yeah, it was nice. It was. Mate, yeah. that yeah, that sounds like a dream to me. That's a cereal yeah. wet dream right there. Yeah, this is decent. Um, but one of the chefs, um, this lad Gary, who works in Scotland now, he um, he loved soggy cornflakes. So he'd just leave. He'd eat the cornflakes after they'd been infused in the milk for ages. So Fair. it was I, just like fine. slop. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. That I'm honestly I'm into that. Uh, and, and- it's, it's reminded me, and I, there's another creepy thing that like I sometimes do with cereal, and you might judge me for this, but cornflakes is a good example. So say you're towards the bottom of the box, right? Uh-huh. What you've got at the bottom is, is sort of like Kellogg's sword, like uh, cornflakes sawdust almost. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. So what I'll sometimes do is I would deliberately take the packet out of the box, crunch the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is mental. This is, I'm being vulnerable. You're here. weird. This is me being vulnerable. And then yeah. I'll pu- I put it in the, and then I'll pour the milk in and let that soak and then just eat that no way it's weird isn't no it? way because no, some people get to the last sort of eighth and throw it away because they can't handle that dust what who are these people these are the same people throwing away the crusts on a loaf give them here yeah you, i love you, the crusts on a loaf you go to day. some people's house right and they're like there's three there's three slices of bread left and they've still got the end from the beginning of the loaf yeah they use it as the buffer, just keeps going down. What yeah. are you doing? Give them here. They're the best slices. <laughs> yeah. And the, but I want, I want the ends of the toast and I want the, the dregs of the cereal box. That's what I want. I take the ends first. I've been known to like reach down Reese. and grab the other bread. <laughs> Pull it out, make a mess of <laughs> yeah. the whole loaf. Yeah, I'm saying, like, can just I get Just to my get hand? a bit of toast. I've done it. It's like going up a cow. Like, get the hand <laughs> down to the back just to get that crust yeah. from the end. Give that yeah. here. It's better for everything, honestly. It's better for cheese on toast. It's better for beans on toast. It it, it takes more butter. Oh, God, yeah. So yeah. every it beats normal slices in every way. Mm. Oh, mate. Yeah. I did just a podcast on the ends of that. <laughs> That'd be a great recipe book, actually. Every recipe has got the end of a loaf. In every dish, <laughs> like bread and butter puddings, and like, oh mate, <laughs> well into that. Um, good Brilliant. batch of questions and great stories. Please do keep sending your cowboy methods and stories to us. They are absolute gems. At the nightcap underscore pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Before we go, Paul, I was just wanting to ask you a little bit about the projects that you've got on the go that um, I guess launched on Instagram yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, so um, yes. Yeah, Something that was quite nice to be asked um, to be involved with. So a guy called uh, Tom that mm-hmm. I know, uh, he actually, he's one of the guys who films my uh, Salt Masterclass. Um, his main trade, he does a lot of videography, but his main trade is portrait photography and headshots and things like that. Yeah, does yeah. really great food photography, uh, but he's like incredible at, you know, um, you know portrait and you know, actor shots, all those sort of things. Um, and obviously he... Like all of the photographers, you know, he's to forget like that industry's been massively savaged in the whole yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So he he came up with this project called the Roaring Twenty project, and he just wants all sorts of different people from hospitality, so suppliers, front of house chefs, men, women, everyone basically. Just and he's trying to take pictures to do this like project, basically just to try and capture the essence of how it's felt, really. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if you go on his website, uh, food mv.photography go to the roaring 20 project there's more information about it so he he um obviously i know him and then he's done photo with nick gayler and uh tony parkin tony parkin yeah. and then jack the manager from here tell you what so jack's did... photo was banging it's great isn't it he yeah very handsome man in that photo i was like jack you, that's got to be on your facebook linkedin but that's your new profile yeah. picture for years that 
Oh yeah, I know. I like it. I like it. You got to stick on Facebook because you put it on Facebook and people are like, nah, they've they've photoshopped that. Oh, <laughs> you look too they? good. No. <laughs> yeah. Brett Brett said a funny one today though because I said. Is um, if you have a look at it, I said, "Has someone stolen your football?" <laughs> yeah, because he's not using his hands out. Yeah, and, and Brett said to him today that he uh, he actually looks like he's part of a Netflix documentary where he's confessing. <laughs> like, so I was holding their head as yeah. the life slipped away from their eyes. <laughs> That's spot on, that is. It's proper caption competition. But yeah. in all, all jokes aside, those photos, they are incredible. Like They're the fantastic, guy, like, isn't they? sounds patronising, but he knows exactly what he's doing. And it's a really cool idea. It's really mad. Cool. You'd think they were shot in the same place. So mine and Jack's was shot in the restaurant here. Really? Did he bring a backdrop or something? Yeah, Tony's was shot at the Tudor room. Yeah, he bought the backdrop, all his lighting, and they look exactly the same. Yeah. And then Nick's at his pub um, in Oxfordshire, I think his pub is. Um, is he based around here, Tom? Uh, o- Oxfordshire, Oxfordshire, Nick. Sorry, yeah. right, got you. Nick. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a really cool project, and he's, he's getting a few more people on the go, and he's just, um, yeah, again, try, trying to do something for the hospitality industry photography and and just try do something interesting and it's yeah it's uh yeah. it's really cool the photos are great and he's yeah. doing a selfie one as well if you go on his um like the roaring trend uh roaring 20 instagram there's a yeah. selfie thing that he's doing as well cool uh, so yeah just search on insta roaring 20 and check it out because it's just really cool really cool yeah. and get involved if you're in the industry and i know there's loads of people listening who are so please do do that yeah um awesome that was great fun mate um yeah Go again another week. Oh, we need to do our quick update on the beer website. Oh yes. Let me get it up here. I've got. I've got yeah, should have had that ready. With me. Um, Onewayroadtobeer.com is the website. So as yeah, it stands, it. you can now have beer in the park with one friend. We know that beer in a park with five friends. Eleven days. Eleven nine days. hours. Yeah. When people are listening to this Friday, it'll be ten days. Ten days. Yeah. yeah. So Thursday. It'll be, it's Wednesday today that we're recording this. So, yeah, by the time you're listening, yeah. at least 10 days. That's good. Momentum. Yeah. 25 days beer in a beer garden with five friends. Fucking hell. So, I mean, technically, you, you're little, you could have a couple of people for a drink at Salt on, on the fire escape. <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, our garden's just an absolute... It's, I wouldn't call it it's a garden. tiny, isn't it? It's a yeah. mess at the moment as well. It's just it? so, like... Yeah, the wind has battered oh, all yeah, the wood It's been a rough winter for it, yeah. It needs to replace in, and it's just overgrowing and stuff. It's just not not great shape. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I could have some mates around, though. <laughs> yeah. Cool, nice one, mate. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you next week, yeah? Cool. Catch you later, mate. Nice one, buddy.